Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Camilla Fellis Arnold. She is a soul mission activator, international best-selling author, creativity and writing coach, podcast host for Creative Power, and CEO at, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce this, Takasia Publishing. She helps people awaken to their sole purpose and align themselves, their lives, and their business with their mission in life. Oh my gosh, so much going on. Camilla, welcome to the space. Hello, thank you for having me here. <laughs> I am so glad that you're here. Good morning or good afternoon to you. It's good morning to you. <laughs> Exactly. So um, first, I want to apologize. Please tell us the name of your publishing house because I think I killed the name. You didn't do too badly. It's Takassia Publishing. So not not too far off. (laughs) So my apologies. (laughs) No problem. So before we dive in, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and then we will um, find out more? Yes, definitely. It's it's been a very long creative journey for me I think I've always been you know that creative kid the arty one the one who wrote um but I was very young when I had someone make a comment that made me feel less than good enough at writing because that was always the dream to be the writer um fiction writing but what happened was you know made to feel like I'm not good enough so it kind of sent me on a very different journey it sent me in the direction of if I can't write the stories, then how can I stay around stories? And I ended Mm. up working with designing the books that the stories lived in. Um, It it was quite a, in between doing like designing the books, I was also trying to build myself up, exploring all the other kinds of design, like surface pattern, illustration, um, websites, all, all the things basically, you know, when you're in that stage of trying to find yourself as a creative. it led me down some different paths, had some disillusionment, shall we say, with design and had a short stint a couple of years as a wedding photographer uh, before I came back to design. And then I 
from that it kind of grew arms and legs I had someone ask me can I help them publish their book and that grew into can you help other people as well so I set up Takassia Publishing that started to help people through the publishing process because I had all this design experience but I also found that they were asking for help with the writing they were like I really want to work with you Camilla but I'm not there yet I'm still in the writing process and I had my own hang-ups about being a writer of course Hmm. so I went and did a coaching qualification in order to give me more skills but what Hmm. actually happened was those coaching skills I gained yes they helped me help other people but they helped me help myself and reopen writing for me which in the last well it's getting on for nearly a year now that I started writing again not having written anything creative for about 24 25 years so it's been really amazing to come home to that to it's like coming back to myself there's this and this is where the kind of spiritual soulful storytelling aspect is coming back in for me now because I'm really interested in helping people tell those stories that they haven't been able to tell for so long like for me I just find that there's like all this stuff pouring out of me that I just want to say that I've been holding in and I've been helping other people or I love to help other people do exactly the same thing because there's just so much that you can be afraid to say that you can be fearful you know persecution complex all of these things but when you finally kind of bring yourself into alignment and really unlock your voice your creativity the sense of peace that you get the the sense Mm. of there's an authenticity that helps you connect with other people and it's just a real state of joy to be in and it's it's made massive difference to me not just in who I help but also in my own personal practice I actually have a creative practice again which I didn't have for a very long time so it's it's been quite a journey but a fun one I cannot wait to dive in more because so many key words that you just said right now um (laughs) oh my gosh there's so much to say um lots to unpack yes (laughs) so much unpacking thank you uh okay so let's do the would you rather first and then we're going to go into the first question so camilla are you ready yes definitely let's do it (laughs) okay so would you rather know the history of every object you touch or speak to animals speak to animals definitely that's what i thought too yeah my i have my little dog here who i've got on a lead because he's a very barky little boy and if i've got him on a lead with me he won't go running around the house barking and sometimes i just love to know what goes on in his head because he's crazy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> real crazy crazy boys so yeah definitely speaking to animals <laughs> i think the whole like touching everything that would be like overwhelm yeah i think you'd you'd be afraid to touch things because of what you might find out about them or i feel like that is how i would feel just kind of this definitely overwhelm what a burden to just suddenly know the history yeah. of something particularly i mean in this age of we've got you know arguments about like fast fashion and stuff can you imagine like getting new clothes in the post or going to a shop and then just seeing the history of that i think that would be a lot less fun whereas animals well what's not to love (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's interesting that you mentioned, and then we'll move on, but um, with the idea of like thrift shopping and mm -hmm. it's my mother loves, she's always loved thrift shopping because she really feels, she feels the history and she's actually in she's actually kind of intrigued about she loves the fact that it's been worn before mm -hmm. or it's been used before so this is just popping into my head and my daughter too loves she just she loves thrift shopping for many reasons she loves it because it's more eco-friendly and um she's like you know why keep making when we can use something that's when we can repurpose um but there's also that 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 like seeking that yeah that joy of the find yeah it, it, it's, it can be really exciting can't it when you found something in a thrift shop absolutely but and and that can make it charming to see the history or of an object when you've found it and it's you know gone through all of those different lives but it's it's a bit of a gamble for me yeah. because you just don't know what you would find until you touch the object and then you can't unknow it you can't unsee what you've seen uh, so for me i i don't think i'd go for that option <laughs> i love that cannot unknow it yeah can't take it back okay so here we go first official official question is camilla how do you define creativity oh this is a really really interesting one um because i was just literally yesterday um putting up an article on medium about how we redefine creativity so i was looking at the uh, cambridge dictionary definition and it was talking about um original ideas and like imagination and for me that's what it is um what i realized when i was looking at the definition is it doesn't mention anything tangible a lot of people are very focused on a tangible outcome you know a piece of art a painting whatever it is whereas for me creativity yes it does live in the the paintings and the sculptures and the drawings and writing and all of those things but creativity can be in coming up with a novel solution um it's making me think of my husband actually he's he's got a kind of engineer mindset um, mm -hmm. he was trying to, um, one day he was trying to get the, the hose connected to the sink, to the tap to get some water out. And for some reason, like the connector had broken and he couldn't do it, but he's like a, a master engineer, MacGyvered a solution out of all of these different things, you know, <laughs> he, he had like cable ties and all sorts and made it work. And for me, that's creativity. I look at like my granddad and how he plants his garden over the years and he's, you know, chosen where his flower beds are and what he plants. That's creativity. For me, creativity isn't just a tangible outcome. It's that imagination, that inventiveness that we bring to it. And also, I think if you are thinking of creativity in terms of a tangible art and tangible outcome, it's that piece of your soul that you pour into it as well, which makes it come alive. Whereas, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's got something more to it. It's got that depth that not any, not just anyone could create. It's got something of you in it, which I think is a really important piece for creativity too. Oh my God. Cause it is, it is so personal. Yes. It's very personal, very hard to separate out yourself from what you create as well for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. 
because this is where like the inner critic and being really sensitive to criticism and rejection come in because so many people do pour so much of themselves into what they do and then they can't separate themselves from their work it's like an extension of them and what happens is someone says oh I don't like it and what they hear is I don't like you it becomes like a personal attack so yeah that the- <laughs> there's so many layers to creativity as well I just absolutely love anything for me anything and everything can be interpreted as creative depending on how you look at it thank you for all of that and again the words that you use because you I mean so much being a writer it's so rich and you're really (laughs) painting you're really painting a picture with your words so um I I fully fully agree that um this immersive that it be you know it's it's a it's a mixture we are we're creative beings we're creators yes Yes, absolutely because we are that there is the societal which is why i started my company i am creative it's like there is the societal definition that um or this belief that creativity is all around drawing and painting and visual arts and all of that so everything that you just said is is reaffirming this mm-hmm. concept that it's beyond that that it's the inventiveness that it's the problem solving that it's yeah. it's the vis- it's the planting and the gardening it's these mm-hmm. we are create we're going back to repeating we are creators so every yeah. moment the words that we choose what we wear how we do our hair how we um the uh what we're eating what we're doing or not doing are all creative moments yep, absolutely <laughs> and i think this this goes back to when i was researching like the origins of the word the etymology of creativity originally um it came from latin and i'm probably going to butcher it and so if anyone does know the proper pronunciation feel <laughs> free to correct me uh, creare and it was originally creativity to create was used in terms of divinity as in god created and when Mm. you think about what god created he didn't just create beautiful pieces of artwork he created everything everything and it was only when people started to use creativity for themselves to attribute them like i am creating i am painting that it actually got really focused on being about tangible forms, things Mm. that you make. But when you go back to that original, this is where create come from, actually, when you think about God, the divine source, universe, whatever you want to call it, they created everything. So this is how we can kind of redefine it for ourselves because you can create anything and everything we can co-create as well. A lot of people in kind of spiritual spheres like to talk about co-creation. And I think that's really lovely reclamation because you know what? I grew up with so many people at school who were wearing labels like I'm the sporty one, I'm the popular one, I'm the arty one, I'm the the quiet one, et cetera, et cetera. And they just kind of go through life with those labels on and don't take them off and kind of gets we all get stuck in our boxes and think I'm only this this one thing like for me I spent a lot of years thinking I was just a designer maybe sometimes a photographer too but I was very stuck in 
this is the stuff that I make, this is the stuff I create. So to then reopen that and realize there's a thread here that I've always been a writer, it then reopened up, oh, creativity. Oh yeah, I don't have to keep that label on. I can take it off and I can be anything. I can create anything. So it was a real powerful moment for me of just reclaiming and then being able to go explore and see, well, what can I do now? What can I make? Who can I be um, when I took that label off? So I think it's really important for people to have that kind of talk with themselves and say, well, okay, maybe I can't draw, but what can I do instead? And who says I can't draw? Is it me that says I can't draw? Is it someone else says I can't yes. draw? You know, what is separate the fact from the fiction, as it were, and kind of challenge your own thinking? Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. It's yeah. Because we have words, words hurt words yeah. build strength. Also, I mean, words, words do lots of things. Um, words have it, a lot of power. They've got, they carry you. different vibrations and you feel them, whether you understand them or not, you do feel that vibration and it can affect you positively, negatively in all kinds of ways. So let's kind of go back a little bit more to your journey. So um, yeah. how old were you when, because this is such a common thing that mm -hmm. someone makes a comment, um, whether it was intentional um, or it was a side comment, uh, I've seen yeah. this so many times that it's dropped of, well, I don't think you're good at. I think and, everyone's got one of those stories, haven't they? Uh, whether you and, remember it or not. You, everyone carries one around I was eight and I'll be honest for a long time I forgot that it even happened mm -hmm. um but what happened is I we had a relative visiting I'd made a little story you know folded some pages of a4 paper illustrated this story it was called the princess and the orb so you know it's <laughs> you know it's a real thing because I can vividly remember the cover <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. have it anymore, but I really can see it. And I took it to them and I was like, oh, read my new story. It was 24 pages at the most. And they read it cover to cover, bearing in mind the princess in the orbit was fantasy. That's what I'm into. And he just made this really offhand remark. And it wasn't intended how I heard it at all. Looking back, mm. I know it wasn't. But he just said, oh, well, it's not Lord of the Rings, is it? Mm -hmm. And mm. I thought to myself, oh, I love like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I love those things. I love that world. If mm -hmm. I can't write anything that's going to be that good, as good as that, then why bother trying? Mm. So it just kind of like the pen, like metaphorically crumbled to dust in my hands in that very moment. And I actually, and I think this happens for a lot of people. I blotted it out, completely forgot that that incident ever happened until I think it was summer last year when I was realizing that I still had my own blocks around being a writer. So I thought I'll use my own, my coaching skills that I have now to kind of dig in and see, you know, what I can uncover. And this memory popped up and honestly, it felt as raw. The emotions felt as raw when I remembered it as the day it actually happened, hmm. which can be really scary and really hard for people to deal with which I think is why a lot of people just don't they just kind of push it under the rug and pretend it never happened and just carry on with their lives thinking I can't draw I can't do whatever it is 
which it's just such a shame to be stuck like that when you don't have to be it can what I've found is yeah really hurt on that day when I remembered it but I did heal it I can talk Mm. about it now and it doesn't hurt I can look at it now and I can see it for what it was it was just a relative trying to be clever trying to say oh I see what you were going with going for with that book I can see where you were going this is my reference point as an adult um, yes. maybe didn't, didn't deliver it as well to an eight-year-old child but it's just you can look at it with fresh eyes and be a bit more objective about it obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing but <laughs> but mm-hmm. you have to kind of go through that process don't you you do and um that word reference point is a really good one reference mm-hmm. point as an adult because everybody has their own reference point everybody yeah. has their own story everybody has their own experiences so when comments are made or viewed seen all of that it's taken from one's perspective mm-hmm. um, sometimes people and that's why you know when 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 a teacher says something or anybody says something sometimes they're just being sarcastic and they think they're being yeah. funny and they're being and uh, we don't, we, we perceive the way we perceive. So, yeah. um, okay. So this was said, so here you were all excited. You always wanted to be a writer. You knew you were, you probably came out of the womb, like, okay, yes. I'm going to be a writer. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> and then like, it's not even a question. And here you got deflated. And so moving on, you took on all of these other, like you said, it was like a dance. You kind of like, mm-hmm. to me, when you were saying it, it was like a dance. You were dancing around the writing, but you were you were being good at and excelling at these other aspects of the book yes. process. It was trying to figure out how can I stay around the stories that I love if I can't write them. So it sent me down, can I illustrate them? And then I had a school teacher tell me my drawing was terrible. So no. Um, And all these different avenues. So I can't draw, I can't write the books. Maybe I can design the books because that's a real separation from the actual writing process. That's less creative and more structured in, you know, the process of designing the book. So yeah when you say it was a dance that's a really good way to describe it it's you know what's really annoying is you said you had a you know uh how whatever word you use on the when you were thinking about illustrating and you said basically someone a pro told you that yeah, you were a teacher good at, at school they just basically i think i was about 12 at that time we had an art project and um we were meant to illustrate something like a a scene from our lives and so I did, um, I'm a Halloween baby. So I'd done a memory of a fancy dress party I'd had. And he looked at it and it was words to the effect of, it's not a very good drawing. Maybe you should start again. Oh my God. And when you're, when you're young like that and someone says it's not very good, instead of being able to be objectionable, objective and say, okay, well maybe this one wasn't my best piece of work. Maybe I need to try a different style um different approach and just explore a different avenue or a different way of doing it we're not able to do that children no we hear you're not very good at this this particular one isn't as good as it could be and we just say oh well you're not very good at all so don't bother trying which is really sad i see it happen myself so many times with people that i've worked with and it just it makes me really sad and frustrated 
it can have such an impact because it's not just in that moment it can impact the trajectory of someone's whole life I mean I try not to be regretful personally about the fact that I had that possibility shut down but sometimes you do catch yourself just having a wonder like if I hadn't been told that my book wasn't Lord of the Rings if I hadn't felt like I was not good enough what kind of life path would I have taken and like I said I try not to be regretful but you do kind of find yourself wondering sometimes just how many people how many geniuses are kind of lost who have got some kind of incredible talent but it just wasn't nurtured enough it wasn't encouraged well it's kind of like you will never know but it's kind of like it's really any of that if you think about it in any moment because we're making decisions all the time Mm -hmm. so if we chose this instead of this how would it have been different some things obviously that you're speaking about are more you know um important moments more milestone moments um but really it's in anything so life can you know it's like the movie sliding doors i don't know if you've seen it with gwyneth yeah. paltrow <laughs> you know yeah. you made that train then you have a whole different <laughs> life um yeah it's just interesting how it all kind of unravels in that way um mm-hmm. but i think that's sometimes it's life it can be the pain the beauty the joy it's all of that in how it unravels and how Definitely. we learn and how we learn along the way, because what's so beautiful is that, so when you um, did all of these other aspects, um, you tell us about, did you do, uh, you worked for a children's magazine? Did you do graphics? Yes, I did graphic design at, um, I started the school and then obviously went through college. Sorry, my voice is going a little bit here. Um, And then I went to university where I really kind of nailed down and honed in on book design. But after that, when I went freelance, I tried lots of different things. I was working with um, an independent publisher doing book design, and that was kind of like the bread and butter work. So I didn't have to worry too much because I always knew I had regular jobs with them. And that afforded me the opportunity to say, oh, well, what else am I going to do? So I did a bit of surface pattern illustration. I worked um, with a company doing children's primary school websites. I worked with a children's um, toy company doing like their packaging for all of their different um, toys, all the way from, you know, toddler age up to um, probably about 10, 11 years old kind of thing. Um, so I got to experience so many different aspects, you know, there was also the obvious things like packaging, branding, social media design all thrown in there as well, but it really gave me the ability to explore different, because all of them require different things of you, different styles, different knowledge. I mean, I remember I got the job for the children's toy packaging company. And I'd applied for it and I knew that I didn't have a fair few pieces of experience that they were asking for on the application. Uh You know what? I'm going to send my portfolio in because you never know. I was in that stage of like blanket sending out emails and CVs, et cetera, et cetera. And I got the job and I remember having a moment of panic thinking, I have no idea how to do this. (laughs) They sent me the first job and I sat there thinking, 
I don't know some of the words that they're asking, like what they wanted for the outcome. I'm like, I don't actually know exactly what they mean. So there I am, like on Google, trying to understand the briefly. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's one of those things, actually, it was great because it threw me in at the deep end and you just have to learn to sink or swim. So there I am, like paddling away, you know, it looks all graceful, like a swan on top underneath my feet, furiously going, trying to work out all the answers. Oh my gosh, I love that metaphor. Yes, (laughs) because we were trying to make things look like, yeah, I can do this. I'm good. Yeah, you hired the right person and underneath it's like, fuck. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Treading, staying above water. Can I breathe? Mm -hmm. Can I breathe? Yeah, it, it was absolutely a hundred percent all of that and as I went you know through the process working with them it did get easier and easier but I did have that moment of panic where I just thought oh I don't know if I'm cut out for this and I remember when I was looking at you know as you go along it's it's a bit of a dog-eat-dog world in terms of design trying to build a client base and regular work um I remember in at future points looking at applications thinking I don't have half of those skills or expertise or whatever they needed. And then I remembered that moment when I applied to that company. I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. If they, mm-hmm. if they like my portfolio, they will hire me and I can learn it on the job because I've done it already. I've proven to myself that I can do it. So that was quite a, it was one of those moments where as soon as I got the yes, I thought to myself, what have I done? But Mm -hmm. it became a really good reference point for myself to sit there and think, oh, yeah, I've done this before. I've had no idea what I'm doing. I can do that again. I'll be okay. Oh, my gosh. So thank you so much for sharing this, because what I'm hearing from this, it's such a common tale, of course. It's about worthiness and comparison, which we constantly do as individuals. Um, But then... This is why you were, this is why you were told what you were told at eight. Like I'm seeing mm-hmm. this, like it's this journey. It's the building up of the confidence of the getting to the point of, oh yeah, I, I've done this or I can do this or yeah. I will figure it out. Mm-hmm. It, it builds you. You explored all of these other things, all of these other aspects to then circle around and get back to with even more strength and more confidence as to, yeah. yes. I was and meant I think to that's do this. Really important, especially for writing, because you do see so many people have um, writer's block. And I remember there's a quote, I don't know the exact words, um, but it's by Ayn Rand. And essentially, she says that when you go to sit at the desk, you have to see yourself as omniscient, omnipotent, the best writer in the world. Otherwise, you're just not going to be able to write. And because obviously I was quite a sensitive soul, evidently, because one comment sort of shut me down for 24 years, I did need to go on that process of throwing myself at all of these different things in the deep end, learning to swim, building that confidence so I could sit there and, like you said, have that wisdom and have that confidence to say, yeah, I can I can do this now. And I yeah. won't be swayed, you know, if someone says, oh, I don't like it or, oh, it's not as good as. From this position where I am today, I can look at it and say, well, okay, that's your opinion. Yes. I still I still believe in myself and my writing. I can stand by it in a totally different way now, which is so important to cultivate for yourself. Yes, it's a journey. It truly, truly is a journey. Um, 
tell me about, I know you had a short stint and in photography mm-hmm. and I, I remember when we had our pre-chat, um, you mentioning this and maybe if you could go into a little bit more detail, cause it, I, I think it was a caveat that, um, when you had, uh, when something happened at that wedding on that particular day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, I'd been doing the design work for quite some time and I had an incident with a long-term client where I had quoted them within our agreed, usual agreed pricing, given them a quote and they came back offering me over 75% less as a flat fee. And I Mm -hmm. said, nope, I can't afford to do it for that. And they tried, you know, the intimidation as they do, oh, we won't give you any other work and blah, blah, blah. And I, being young, I was like, yeah, I still can't do it. I I held my ground and I said no but what it left me with with, was this feeling of it's just like a dog eat dog world out there I feel like I'm going nowhere I became disillusioned with uh, the graphic design and I thought okay I've had enough I'm not going to do books anymore I am going to go do my other creative love which is photography started building up this um, wedding photography business I think I was like two years in and it was it was going really well. I was loving it. Despite being an introvert, it was still really fun to be, again, thrown in at the deep end on these wedding days with over 100 people. You got to strike up a rapport instantly, direct mm. them, get the photos. It was, you know, exciting days to go to a wedding. Full on, but very exciting. And I think what happened was a culmination, if I'm being honest, because I'd had my nan die suddenly um earlier on in the year very Mm. unexpectedly and my mum and my granddad had really lent on me in that time because you know it was shocking we had no idea it was coming and I tried to be their rock and I think what happened is it added to the stress because you know what weddings that responsibility can be really stressful Mm, Um, you know you've you've only got that one shot in the middle of the ceremony if you miss the kiss you can't just stop the ceremony and say hey can you kiss again (laughs) (laughs) very true be right there in it but fully present at all times so it was a lot of responsibility and what happened was I was at a wedding it was the middle of summer beautiful day beautiful wedding I was thoroughly enjoying myself you know the, the flowers every detail was just gorgeous and we got to the reception we were in a field in the middle of nowhere they had the marquees up it started to rain I think it was like 1 p.m and I felt a bit odd I didn't really know what it was but it just felt odd we were in the middle of doing the group photos so everyone was antsy because you know they wanted to go get their food and it was starting to drizzle with rain so I got through them as quickly as I could mm-hmm. did a couple of um bride and groom portraits and then said you know go eat <laughs> we'll all go eat it's all fine we'll come do some more photos later hopefully the rain will stop um I'm like two hours away from home no phone signal or anything and I got in the caterer's tent while they're all having their meal and I just looked at my hands and I was shaking and I thought to myself, I, I don't know what is happening here. I just felt kind of sick, jittery. And I just had to sit there with it thinking, what the hell is this? I've never had this happen to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't have a phone signal, so I couldn't go on the internet and Google, you know, what are my symptoms and what is wrong. <laughs> well, that's always dangerous anyway. WebMD, true, it's true. like, oh my God, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. So I kind of sat there like, what the hell could this be? And I just felt like this knot in my chest. And I started to think, I feel really panicky. And then like connect the dot, oh, I think I'm having a panic attack. And then obviously the minute I kind of acknowledged it was a panic attack, it got worse. Mm -hmm. And I had to really, you know, deep breathing, calm myself down. I didn't know what I was doing because I'd never experienced it before, but really kind of talk myself off the window ledge. And I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what happened for the rest of the day. I was there until 9 p.m. It went in a complete blur. I couldn't call anyone. I was on my own solo shooting. Um, I just, I don't know how I got through the day. I did do the day and I cried the entire way home. It was just horrendous. Couldn't look at the photos afterwards. So I actually outsourced the editing because I just couldn't face it. I I mean, the couple were happy. They they loved their photos, but when I look at it, I know it wasn't Mm. my best work. And I remember driving home having realized that I've had a panic attack and I thought, I can't do this again. I Mm. don't know where it's come from. I don't know why I've had this panic attack, but it's not fair on me. It's not fair on the couples to have that worry Mm. because, you know, had I not been able to talk myself off that ledge, that window ledge, could I have even completed the day for them? I mean, I got, you know, a lot of the important shots, but still they wanted to have their whole day documented, you know, from nine till nine, that didn't feel fair. So I went home, obviously calmed down, uh, went to the doctor and they were like, oh, start doing some meditations and we don't want to medicate you until you've tried this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay, fine. And I said to my husband, I have some more weddings booked. Can you come with me? So mm-hmm. I gave him a camera. I hired out an extra camera. He didn't know much, so I had to like teach him. This is how you take some photos. <laughs> <laughs> Pretended he was a second shooter, like learning on the job with me. But he was really there to look after me, keep an eye on me. Mm-hmm. And I did the rest of the weddings I had booked that year and into the next year. And I did not book a single wedding, nothing new, because mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I just thought to myself, it's not fair on any of us to have that stress or worry. And when I look back on it now, I think it was probably there was a big part of it that was the universe saying, you've learned those skills. It's time to move you back on to where you really need to be Um, because it came out of nowhere. It really was quite the (laughs) curveball. So I kind of made my peace with it and I can talk about it now because there was quite a few years where I couldn't even talk about it in Mm. any detail at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've gone through the process of healing it, but it did give me some really useful skills, you know, being able to build up that rapport with people in terms of like layouts and things, framing for photos, composition, art direction, all of those kind of things, I, you know, I really honed my skills. So it was a brilliant experience and I loved the wedding days, but mm. I just knew that I couldn't have that hanging over me of, going to a wedding and thinking, am I going to have another panic attack? Yes. Am I going to be okay? It just didn't feel right. And sometimes you've really got to kind of be honest with yourself and lean into that. Because I remember everyone, my family and friends say, oh, but you're so good. You're really good at it. You're really enjoying it. And I said, yeah, I know. And I do love it. 
but if I'm going to go to yeah. every wedding and worry about am we going to have another panic attack, it's not worth it for me. It's not yeah. fair on the clients either. So it was it was an experience. It was great two years. Learned a lot, but it was really tough to wind that down. It felt yeah. really, really painful and sad. But as a listener from this perspective at this point, first of all, nothing just happens. It feels like it mm -hmm. just happens, but yes. there's a buildup. <laughs> what I've learned so far in in my my life so far is that it's everything kind of builds up to something. Yeah. So you don't when, it's unseen, but there's definitely yeah. there was lots of pieces that were building up yeah. to that one moment. And yeah. There it was. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's I had panic attacks when I was young, um, to the point where when I was like eight, I was, you know, asking to be taken to the hospital because I couldn't felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, so just all of this. So, I mean, I, I totally, I totally get that, but, um, it's, it's these moments. What I, I'm happy to hear that you asked for help, like mm -hmm. that you, you chose, you made the decision to stick to your responsibilities instead of saying, look, I can't do this for you but you ask for help, which is wonderful. Um, so it's great it's a for big people. Deal, not it's everyone a good can. reminder. Yeah. And it's a good reminder for people to, whoever it is, whether you have a partner or a friend or a family member, whoever it is to say, look, I really, I can't do this alone and I really need mm -hmm. your support. I think that is such, we think that we can do everything ourselves all the time. Yes, definitely. I, I see this a lot with creatives as well, particularly, um, when I was at university, I saw it happen a lot with people trying to get their ideas because there's like this perception sometimes that because we're creative, we always have amazing ideas, but it just doesn't yeah. go like that. We're not always turned on. And I remember yeah. seeing so many of them struggling with their projects because, you know, <clears throat> at the beginning of my course, we were getting a new brief every couple of weeks mm -hmm. to, you know, build up the skills, build up the coursework portfolio etc and you could just see some of them really struggling like they you know their cat could have come up with a better idea than them in that moment because they just had nothing <laughs> nothing left if to they give. could only talk to their cat yes yes if they could only talk to the cat <laughs> That'd be good. incredible but it was you i would watch them and you would see that they didn't go ask for help they didn't yeah. approach the teacher they didn't say to their friends oh i'm stuck can you have a look at this? Can I bounce some ideas off of you? There's definitely with a lot of creative people, there's this idea that you have to kind of do it all on your own. And particularly when like building creative businesses, because obviously I've built quite a few over the years, there's perception that you do have to do it, all of it, wear all of those hats all on your own. So for me, it's definitely that experience the panic attack at a wedding really taught me the power and importance of just asking for help and saying you know what hands up i can't do this i yeah. need help it's yeah. it makes such a difference when you so. just ask for help and get someone else to carry the load or bounce off an idea or or something it really enlightens you in such a massive way i had no idea that it did until that moment yeah yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Because then I'm looking at the title here, Soul Stories, Building a Brand. 
all our life is a bunch of stories. <laughs> like yes. it's, it, it's all of these stories. It's, it's our perceptions, our experiences, our adventures, our downs, our ups or our everything. But when you lighten yourself up to be able to see them and become more aware of them instead of being mm -hmm. victimized or whatever it is in living in the space of, well, what if, or, oh my God, I can't do that. Or those negative vibrations, then we don't really get a chance to tap into our soul stories with appreciation. Yes, definitely. When, when you're in that wounded state, it can be so hard to really see, see the truth that's coming from your soul, the truth that you want to share, to, to be able to look at things with that kind of separation. Like I said earlier, you know, it can be really hard as creative people to separate yourself from what you do. Yeah. Uh, particularly yes. even more when you're in that wounded state, because then you just can't in terms of like sharing your story, building a brand, whatever it is, if you're still stuck in the wound when you're trying to do that part, you'll experience all kinds of things like um, imposter syndrome, persecution complex, all of these victimizations and wounds, starving artists, suffering artists. Yes. They will all yes. all show up and mean yes. that you just can't get anywhere you won't be able to really <laughs> sorry about my dogs they, just... <laughs> they, did, they didn't like that train of thought evidently <laughs> sorry Trish, it's okay it's okay thank you for your input <laughs> there we go see you One don't like to hear about the wounded <laughs> we didn't mean you like we like touched on a little nerve there yeah, I think we did. We must have done. <laughs> <laughs> All's okay now? Yes, they're all good now. They're all good. Um, yeah, oh my gosh. Okay, so we're getting close to the hour and we've spent, uh, I veered a little bit um, from the normal structure, but I do want to kind of bring in a little bit so people can hear from you. Um, how? What are some ways that you incorporate creativity into your own life? Well, to be honest, what ways don't I incorporate creativity? I it's, it's everything. I mean, I think it's it really it's how I approach things. For me, everything from even just writing a social media post, I try and approach it not just with creativity, but I try to tune into my intuition and mm. allow myself flow. I think this is the biggest thing that I've tried to bring to my my life in general and especially my creativity is just allowing that flow i mean like i said just a minute ago there's this perception that we're always turned on that we've always got these ideas just flowing we're just like a, a machine yeah. just spitting out a great idea after great idea yeah but what i've really learned is actually honoring kind of the seasons of my creativity sometimes it's flowing sometimes it isn't and when it isn't what am I going to do instead? Because the same things, it doesn't work. You can't just keep, you know, chipping away at it and expect it to suddenly come out with an amazing idea. So for me, I've actually started to build in a lot more time doing nothing. Yes. And when I mean nothing, I mean literally just sitting there, chilling out, going for a walk, not doing anything. We spend a lot of time like doing, pushing ourselves to make and do and be. But for me, actually, the best ideas, the, the most creative flow 
comes to me when I actually have spent time just doing nothing much, just chilling, just letting my brain have a rest from thinking all the time. You know, like even just some of my best ideas come when I'm doing the washing up, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, sometimes when I've got like, I'm really, really stuck on something, I just think to myself, okay, I'm going to go get out of the house with the dogs. I'm going to go do something completely different. Yes. That approach for my creative life has made such a difference. Just giving myself permission to follow how I feel rather than what I think I should be doing in any given moment. Because, yeah, we've got that huge long list of things to do, whether that's jobs for clients or building up the business and all of the things that come with that. There's always like a never ending porridge pot of things that you can do. For me, it's been really powerful to say yeah I know I've got all of that stuff that's all going to be there tomorrow and obviously I deal with the urgent things but today my brain feels like mush there's practically steam coming off my head because I'm stressed and wound up and it's not flowing I'm going to switch off the computer and I'm not going to do anything I'm going to zone out watching a film or listen to music yeah that's been really powerful for me giving myself permission to do that and I know not everyone can because you know people who are in nine to five jobs can't just you know shrug it off and walk out of the door for me being my own boss being freelance and self-employed for so many years means that I can I work from home so I have the luxury of just being able to say I'm done for the day at one o'clock if that's what I need to do I yeah sorry no you're right carry on (laughs) No, I mean, I agree with, I, yes, a change of scenery, giving permission, mm-hmm. all of that to allow, like, I completely get that to, to be able to walk away for a minute because mm-hmm. there's nothing's happening when your brain is just perseverating or stuck or, or, yeah. or that. Um, but I would say that in a, in a business oriented space, like a nine to five or a teaching position, which I did for 30 years, or mm-hmm. there are those moments those times when you can grab with mindfulness to be able to do things for yourself to find more peace. Mm -hmm. Meditation has been a massive, made a massive difference to my creative flow personally. Even if it's just five minutes. Yes. It it kind of brings you back to center. Yes. The meditation, the, the breathing, the bring Mm. yourself a special little treat um a snack or something to drink some things to be able to bring more joy into your world um create a visual space around you that feels good um know when you can take a walk and Mm -hmm. and like get outside and i i i get that it can be back to back but it's just like okay i need to take a break take five minutes go outside and actually breathe i mean you know like how much time we actually really don't get full breaths we breathe so shallow absolutely and for me one of the things that i really like to do that really centers me very very quickly when i am stressed is taking socks and shoes off going outside and just standing in the grass just Mm. feeling the earth it's one of the fastest ways for me and that's something that you know you only need five minutes you could go outside in your lunch break and eat you know sit on a bench with your feet in the grass kind of thing and still get that benefit for me trying to find those small little pockets 
and yes. also cultivating as you said that joy is really yes. really important because the the creative space can be quite wounded we've got that kind of starving suffering artist mentality going on and i like to really try and flip that on my on its head and say where is the joy for me today yes. and just try and find just the tiniest little thing whether that's you know doing my hair in space buns or it's you know <laughs> wearing a particular color or if it's just having my favorite treat or whatever it is just try to find those pockets of joy and step outside of the routine as well if whenever possible so they all really do make a difference as well <laughs> i just got an image from the movie pretty woman <laughs> Oh my gosh, where he's laying in the grass and she takes off his shoes and makes him touch the touch the grass. Yeah. And <laughs> I know the one. <laughs> anything that he's just not used to. And yeah. um I just love the, the word and especially with your accent, the way you say it, pockets of joy. To find those pockets of joy, so, so important. Everybody can do that. Everybody can do that. Yeah. Find those pockets of joy, those things that make you feel good. Like you said, wearing your hair in a silly, in like in buns or whatever makes you feel good. Wearing that shirt, wearing those socks, wearing the, it's for you. It doesn't have to be for anybody else. It's for you. Absolutely. This is the real thing about creativity. We get so hung up on making things for other people to consume and, and enjoy, but actually creativity like I think going back to the right the beginning of the conversation where I said my granddad and how he plants his garden that's creative he doesn't do that for anyone else he does mm -hmm. that for himself he does that because he loves it because it brings him joy to look at the garden when it's all in bloom but that's really really important however you find creativity however you find joy that is what energizes you that is yeah. what you know gives you life feeds your soul nourishes you in a way that you know that nine to five is never going to yeah so as we are at the top of the hour the third and final question which is kind of wraps it up and puts a nice little bow on it all is why do you think creativity is important <clears throat> we can't we life does not happen without it i i think to myself if we didn't have creativity in the world we really wouldn't have anything no, we'd we be we'd be cavemen still because you know what everything it's not just about the art and the music and the books and all of those things it's down to someone designed your cushions your sofa someone built your house these are all creative things you know the food that you cook someone has to come up with that recipe and work out that these things go together in this kind of way everything every aspect of life is creative whether we realize it or not because a lot of people don't appreciate it don't see it but we eat sleep breathe it i mean going back to the definition of creativity it was used for the divine god created he created literally everything it's it's everywhere you can't mm -hmm. escape it it's it's important to embrace it in all of its shapes and forms and and see just what an impact it does have because it's i remember seeing something somewhere about um 
they've done a if you didn't have creativity what your day would look like and they created this animation or a video that was basically someone getting up for work and they on the subway there was no adverts etc etc everything was just shades of gray and I sat there thinking yeah but they wouldn't even be doing that they wouldn't even be doing designed, that someone designed the characters of the subway all of these things yeah we wouldn't even get that far without creativity it literally is at the very heart of human existence they'd have no clothes on um no no because somebody has to design the clothes yeah <laughs> they'd yeah probably wouldn't have many teeth either because we wouldn't have learned how to brush our teeth and keep them clean <laughs> it's it's true it's yeah. true it's when you break it down to the minutiae of what you would mm -hmm. think of everything yeah it's it, it really is. is everywhere and this is the sad thing that it's just not valued enough by everyone the people who are who see themselves as creative they can see where creativity lives in everything in the world but the people who say oh i'm not a creative person i can't draw i can't do this i can't do that they don't value it they don't see that it actually lives everywhere well, this is why we're here, Camilla. <laughs> this yes, is why really we're is. here. It truly is. It's we know our why. It is our yeah. passion, it is our mission to, I'm speaking for me, it is my passion to empower people to own their voices mm -hmm. and talents that come in so many different forms. So yeah. to realize in what you do in every moment that you are a creator and when you are doing these, when you are doing this, it brings you, this is the goal, joy and happiness joy and happiness so oh my gosh so yes we could talk for hours and hours but uh camilla can, <laughs> can you please tell everybody how they can connect with you yes um so i am on um like linkedin instagram etc etc if you just search for camilla fellas arnold i will show up um my website is www.camillafellasarnold.com I'm also now starting to write a little bit on medium.com as well. So you can search for me on there and read some of the things that I'm writing about. Wonderful. And that's on your website as well, right? The yes. link to that? Yep. All the links are on, on my website. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So before we say our goodbyes, is there anything, any final words, anything you felt like you missed? I don't feel like I missed anything, but I do feel it's important to just remind people that it's important to give yourself permission to just try creativity we everyone has different hang-ups about it in some way shape or form but just giving yourself permission to explore it to play with it to have fun you know embrace that inner child what did your child your inner child love doing when you were little where did you lose the time that's where your joy is that's another way that you can tap into that joy. Give yourself permission to just follow it. Follow that inner child, what, what he or she loved to do. Carve out those pockets of time. Give yourself permission to just do nothing or go do something crazy. Permission mm -hmm. is actually really, really important. It really frees you up to just do the stuff. Mm. Permission frees you up to do the stuff. Yes. It really does, though, because you know what? We spend so much time feeling like everyone's telling us what we should or shouldn't do that we forget to listen to ourselves and what we want to do. So then that is there is that kind of mental piece where just giving yourself permission to do the thing you want to do, it, it just kind of unlocks it and allows you to go do it. Yeah. 
it needs to be whatever we do needs to come from us in a way that we yeah. feel good and it's not that everything is perfect all the time and i'm not speaking from a narcissistic point of view of only me and nobody else matters <laughs> but you need to like yourself in order to love yourself yeah, and absolutely when you do this when you give yourself all these things, the permission to play, to explore, to mess up, to do all of these things, that's when we find, yeah, like you said, the joy Absolutely. and happiness. And oh my gosh, okay, everybody, this is why you need to talk to Camilla because we have just, we scratched <laughs> the surface on all that she does and you need to find out more. So Camilla, thank you so much for hanging out for this hour chatting and getting to know you more. Thank you for having me, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And everybody joining us live and catching the replay. So happy that you spent this time with us. We know you could spend your hour in any way. And we're really grateful that you have spent it here. Um, this space is all about connecting, sharing stories and inspiring each other. I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. So please like, follow, share write a review, all of that good stuff, because we need to just get out there and reach more people to have this positive change in the world that needs to be. So wherever you are in this world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to connecting soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one. <laughs>